welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for great interviews, podcasts, videos, articles, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Kelly Bryan is not coming to Arkansas. We all know that, but some players on the current Arkansas roster had some interesting things to say on social media out as the breakout story came out from Kelly Bryant. We'll get into that as well as I have to clarify some of the Arkansas-Missouri rivalry comments because a lot of people took it out of context. So I want to make sure that I get everything addressed in those comments because some things can sometimes be, at least it's my fault, I can sometimes mess things up. I know that may be shocking to all of you, but I'll talk about that as well as some things that really annoy me during the holiday season that I just want to air a little bit of grievances when it comes to that. But first, we'll talk about Kelly Bryant. And the fact that he's not coming to Arkansas. Great, grand, wonderful. Spilled milk, water over the bridge, under the bridge, whatever the cliches are going with. It's not happening. And so we don't need to rehash all of the discussions that we had on yesterday's podcast about Kelly Bryant. But I did think that there were a few things going on on social media from some of the current Razorbacks, or at least the uh, Razorback football players that played on the team this past season. And, And some interesting thoughts that I had on some of those comments now some players like Rakeem Boyd basically came out and was kind of got the Razorback fans back on track got him excited you know he, he just basically said let's work with what we got period hashtag WPS he's bought in he wants to make it work Dejon Harris came out and this was big news too saying, but for all the long faces, I got another year in me, so let's rock out. So he's coming back, even though he led the team SEC in tackles. He's deciding to to come back for his senior year after making some speculation of him possibly moving on into the NFL. So you had some of those positive comments, and that's not the ones I'm referring to. I'm referring to some of the ones, for instance, by Randy Ramsey. Now, Randy Ramsey is a defensive player that's been through a lot at Arkansas. He was on the team under Brett Bielma, then got kicked off the team under Brett Bielma. Then he worked his way back under Brett Bielma, did a lot of the right things, had some good plays here and there, played under Chad Morris, didn't really have a whole lot of production this year, but has always been not afraid to speak his mind on social media when it comes to a lot of things dealing with the Razorback football program. And here's one of the interesting comments that he had to say on Twitter. He says, quote, Y'all not about to blame this team, though, because it definitely wasn't the talent this year. This was the easiest schedule I had since I got here in 2014. 20-plus players have left the program for a reason. Y'all so smart, I'm pretty sure y'all can figure the rest out. Now, he later qualified this by saying that it was more of a deal dealing with the fact that there had been some cultural issues, which again is not necessarily surprising in any stretch, that the, the transitions that had been made were really difficult and were something that you can't just deal with in one year. But just here's a few more of the comments just to make sure that uh, we clarify and get all of the perspective of what he was saying. He said, with a new coach means a new whole new culture. That culture is not going to change in a year, which resulted in two and ten for people who can't simply understand that. We went from hashtag uncommon to hashtag hammer down. Man, we just want to play football. And then he says again, man, it's sad people can't think with simple logic. I can see if y'all were at our workouts and our meetings and at our practices, y'all on the outside looking in trying to justify why the program is losing. I guess you have to come up with whatever makes sense to you. 
Uh, again, not afraid to speak his mind, but you know there were some other comments too, which alluded to the culture change and how a lot of players feel like that, at least the players that were held over from Brett Bielma, that Chad Morris is all about getting his players in. That's all he cares about. He wants his players, his players. Doesn't matter about the previous players. It's just about what Chad Morris wants. Da-da-da-da. Now, this is a very touchy situation because, as Randy Bramsey correctly pointed out, yes, I, none of us have been in those locker rooms, in those workouts, in those film sessions. We, we don't know from that perspective of what was going on behind closed doors. We, we honestly don't know. We can only go with what was reported, what was told to us, what was said, and what uh, some of the investigative stories have come out about. But there is no question that there was some major disconnect between Chad Morris and some of the players, especially the ones that were holdovers from Brett Bielma and some of the upperclassmen, too, where a lot of things didn't really connect. And, geez, when you go 2-10, and 10, it's not that hard to figure out. And it started really making me wonder, not only from these comments from Randy Ramsey, but from other Razorback football players, that it seemed like it wasn't about what the, the respect factor of you know coming in and just going out there and playing football and all that. I think it truly was that Chad Morris came into the Razorback football program, looked around at what he had talent-wise, and also what he had culture-wise, and said, oh my God. This is really, really bad. This is not what I want at all. Now, again, I'm not making excuses for Chad Morris, but I'm, I think that that's truly what he came in and said. Because that would it would all make sense, right? If Chad Morris had that first thing, first thought after walking into that program. Because, listen, we know that the talent's not there, but th- this there was more talent than a 2-10 and 10 season. Th- there was more talent than that. So... We have to dive in deep to what went wrong. And I think that Chad Morris was like, okay, I can see that I am not connecting with these players that are currently on the roster. I see that it's not working. I'm not really getting a good vibe from the current players on the roster, and they aren't responding to me. So I am going to go out and recruit and get better players, players that will fit my system, players that will fit my culture, players that will fit what I want them to do, the discipline side of things and all, and I'm going to go out and get them, and I'm going to say, hey, I appreciate all these players that are in here currently, but it's it's nice knowing you. We, we won't be needing your services anymore. I really think that's the case. Now, right or wrong is yet to be determined. I don't know if that's the right decision being made by Chad Morris for him to just go out and have that type of perspective on the players that are currently on the roster because you got to have players. you got to have players on the roster to play, but – I think that it is actually justifiable by Chad Morris to respond that way and to act that way because there's no doubt that there is a lot of quit on this team. This is not a very disciplined team. It's a very soft team, and it was this past year. You had guys that were making excuses. You had guys that loafed. You had guys that didn't try, that didn't put forth effort. And I don't want to hear anything about, well, maybe it wasn't Chad Morris pushing them enough or what they didn't want, whatever. It's football. Effort is not something that you can just, you know, have. It's either you have it or you don't. And if you go out there and play football, you can at least give effort. I don't care if you don't like the coach or not, if you don't agree with the coach or not, if you're not having fun, whatever. Effort's effort. Go 110% in everything you do. And there were times where a lot of players didn't do that. Jared Cornelius didn't like it when the fans booed 
uh, the decision to bring Cole Kelly back into the game in the second half against North Texas. You know why? Because they don't like being criticized. They don't like to be feeling bad. They don't like to be brought, just being harped on because of what they're doing on the field and when they're losing. They think that that's got to be, that's got to just be all sunshines and rainbows. So listen, this is the SEC. This is football. This is life. You're going to have times where people are going to boo you. You're going to have times where people are going to be critical of you. You're going to have times where people are just going to be flat out mean to you. It's not right, but it's the way that the world is. It's about not how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Just a quote from the great Rocky Balboa movie. And it's as simple as that when it comes to football as well. Don't worry about the boos. They're booing you for a reason. They're not booing you because you're not putting forth the effort that they want. They're not booing you because you're just simply losing. They're booing you because of the product that's being put on the field is absolutely atrocious and unacceptable. It should be to the fans, and it should be to you, the players. But that's not how you took it. That's not the perspective you used. You took it as fans are turning against you. They don't want you to succeed. They don't want you to be good. They just want you gone. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Fans want wins. Players want wins. Coaches want wins. It's what it comes down to. But sometimes in the game of football, you got to do better than just going out, trotting out, and going through the motions and assuming that everything's going to be hunky-dory. You got to expect that you're going to be hit with adversity. And when that adversity hits, how do you respond? Obviously, the way that this team responded from adversity was trash. It was a weak-minded perspective. Chad Morris has all so much alluded to that at the end of the year. In his final press conference after the season had ended, he essentially said, one of the things that we really look for is how this team would be hit with adversity. After that Colorado State loss, he referred to that game specifically. How would this team respond? What would they do? And he saw. He saw. And there's a reason why, after what he saw, he wants new players. He wants guys that will come in and compete and play the game of football and put forth effort and not be soft. Now, will he get that? Don't know. Can he get that? Sure he can. And is Chad Morris completely, completely scot-free of any type of criticisms? Absolutely not. But there was a reason why this team went 2-10. There was a reason why you saw a lot of players acting the way they did and responding the way they did and being the way they were. No discipline, no culture, no effort, no have to, no thanks. What was it, the great quote from Mike Singletary as the head coach of the 49ers? Can't win with them, can't coach with them, can't play with them, can't do it. I want winners. That's exactly what Chad Morris wants. It's what the Razorback fans want, and that's what all the fans deserve. But it's amazing how some of these comments being made by players after the fact really make sense and really bring to light some of the major issues that were going on in the Razorback football program. That is for sure. Hey, bowl season's here, folks. College football's regular season has come to an end, but we know that it's all getting set up for a great postseason. And if you're going to watch these games, you got to do it the only way through Sling TV. For $30 a month, you get the ESPN Networks, Pac-12 Networks, SEC Network, and so much more. And you can also stream it on your big screen or all your favorite mobile devices. It gives you the live TV you love only better with no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial for all you locked-on listeners. 
All you do is go to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G.com slash locked on. Sign up today. Get a seven-day free trial. Tell me what you think. I promise you, you will not be disappointed with Sling TV. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. This is something I have to clarify about Arkansas and Missouri and the rivalry that is and you know how people feel about it and how people want to see it as being in a, in a different light than maybe how I saw it. But, you know, this is just a, it's a weird thing because I came out on the podcast yesterday and say, hey, this is how rivalries are built. They're not built by just forcing it down your throats. They're not built by just putting it the last game of the season. They're not built by making a trophy before the teams even play to say the winner gets this. That's not how rivalries are built. They're built organically. They're built where you have reasons and storylines and things going on between the two programs that build up emotion and hatred and passion and really intolerance of the other program. That's what it's made of. And that's all I was saying. I hope that none of you, none of you took the fact that I said those things yesterday by me saying that Arkansas and Missouri is a rival. Not what I'm saying. Not what I'm saying at all. I still don't even think that they will be for sure a rival. Has to take a lot of these things. A lot of these things for it to even get close to that. All I was saying was that if you are wanting a rivalry with a team like Missouri, these are the things that are that what make the rivalry the rivalry not trophies not schedule these are the things that make it into a rivalry that's it that's all i was saying now some of you really came after me and i know my boy mike Irwin also uh uh, came and had his response to it as well because he you know that's just my boy i love mike to death we uh we always go round and round. I know we used to have a, a show together that was really great, too. But he basically said, with Jeff Long's help, the SEC attempted to create an alleged Arkansas-Missouri rivalry with this battle line nonsense. The truth is, the SEC office punked Hog fans by stealing the traditional day after Thanksgiving real rivalry with LSU and giving it to the Aggies. Now, I agree with that to an extent as far as punking them and the SEC doing it because they want LSU A&M, not LSU Arkansas. I completely and totally agree with that. And I think that that was it was all set in stone however i still don't think that the day after thanksgiving real rivalry was ever with lsu uh, because it wasn't a rivalry and this is what just bugs the crap out of me is that we don't we all have different definitions of rivalry and yet we seem to all have a rivalry or non-rivalry with particular teams some people think that lsu is a rival some don't some people think that texas is a rival some don't some people think that missouri's a rival some don't there's no consistency across the board on it and that's where all of the miscommunication comes from among fans when it comes to arkansas and where they belong in the college football landscape of having a rival team they don't have one they haven't had one in pretty much forever a true one a one that i refer to as a rival where the team number one team you hate is this team and the number one team that they hate is you that's a rival and that's all i am saying that though it could be it could be down the road way down the road a rival but it's not right now and it it's it's going to take a lot for it to ever get to that point but my main beef with all of this is just that 
we all have different definitions and we all think differently when it comes to what's a rival and what's not. And that's fine. You know, I'm not saying my definition is the one true all know all be all. I am just saying that if you want a rival, which I could care less if Arkansas has one or not, I, I really couldn't. I mean, it, it's about winning games, whether it's a rival or not. In fact, in some ways, I'd say it's better that Arkansas doesn't have a rival. So that way that people don't obsess with trying to be like Team A or Team B all the time. They just worry about what they need to do, which is something that's extremely important. So if that's the case, then I'm all for that. And I'm all for just keeping it the way it is, keeping it status quo and not worrying about any trophies or rivals or anything like that. Whatever. But I like the storyline. I like the Kelly Bryant and Jonathan Nance angle of going to Missouri and now when Arkansas plays them in Little Rock, you could say whatever you want, but if you're going to that game, you're going to boo the crap out of those guys. You're going to. You're going to be heated. You're going to be passionate, especially if there's something on the line in that game. And you're going to hate it if they tear you apart, but you are going to love it if Sosa Game runs back there and just pancakes Kelly Bryant onto the field. And you're just going to cheer louder than ever. It's going to happen. But it's only going to happen for that one game. But hey, who knows? What if you steal some players from Missouri, from the state of Missouri that they were really on? What if they, you start doing that? They start hating you for it. What if you two have start having some games of meaning, some games of consequence, where, dare I say, you Arkansas wins it and they're winning the West, or Missouri wins it and they win the East? I mean, what if that happened? Now, that would be something. And that would be one way to jump right up and start a rival. But it's not happening right now, and it probably won't happen. I'm just laying it out for you. Just laying it out of what could be possibilities. But don't misconstrue my message. It's not a rival. It's not a rival with Missouri. Probably will never be a rival with Missouri. Nor do I want to have a rival with Missouri. But, hey, got to start somewhere, right? You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the final segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. I'm just going to air a little bit of uh, grievances here, so just bear with me. I had to go to the post office uh, yesterday, and I don't go to the post office because it's the 21st century, and usually for things like me, I don't need a post office for any particular reason. But the only reason I did go is because I had ordered some things for Christmas for some presents for family members and whatnot, and there had been some miscommunication in the delivery of these packages where the post office had said they had delivered them, but I had not received them. So anyway, long story short, I go to the post office and it's the only post office I can go to because it's the one that actually has the mail carriers here in Fort Smith. And I'm sitting there and waiting in line as it is a long line. It's holiday season. You're going to have long lines at the post office. I'm sitting there waiting. There's three clerks doing their jobs up there helping people. I'm fine with that. Hey, I'm, hey listen, they, they, they're trying to work as fast as they can, right? Well, wrong. I'm sitting there, and one of the clerks, for a good two, two and a half minutes, loudly, carries on with a personal conversation, laughing it up, just enjoying life with one of the customers, talking about family and friends and how's everything going, and just sitting there instead of helping on the next customer. I don't, I, you know, when you talk about getting someone triggered, that's a way to get me triggered. I get pissed off. 
when somebody does something like that. Such disrespect. And I'm sitting there fuming. And it's like you got to have the awareness of a company and of a business person to know that your customers are everything. The customer is always right. You need to do what you can to help the customers. If you do what you can to help me, that's fine. And hey, even if there's no one in line, no one you're waiting on and you want to carry on a conversation, that's fine too. But if I'm waiting in line and you're carrying on just being chatty Cathy's, I got a problem with it. But it's not like I can go and complain to the government. What is that good? Does that do? It's like there's a manager of the post office I can complain to. So, anyways, just pissed me off, and I wanted to rant about it just for a little bit. So, appreciate you listening in. And appreciate you listening in to the podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at RushJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.